You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Grump, congratulations. We did it. Episode number 300. We haven't been canceled yet. Yeah, not yet. And honestly, it's uh, thanks to you guys that we were still around doing this. Um, I think if we were talking completely into the void, we would have stopped by now, but... um, (laughs) You, you guys keep coming back, and uh, the YouTube channel has definitely grown a lot, and that's all thanks to you guys. So 300th episode, we thought we'd do something really cool. So we got um, a couple of guests on, and we just wanted to talk giant stuff kind of as a round table. Um, so we got a, a group of really, really cool guests, and it's a nice long episode, but it's a really fun one, right? Oh, I had the time of my life, and I never felt that way before. <laughs> All right, so here is our 300th episode. Enjoy, and we'll see you on Tuesday morning for a normal episode on the uh, Mandatory Minicamp Wrap-Up. Enjoy. All right, everybody. Welcome to the 300th episode of Just Giants. Welcome. We have some wonderful guests here with us. This is our first ever Just Giants War Room. Um, We're going to plan on doing these a couple times a year with some of our favorite people, and with us today are a couple of guests, but of course you also know the Cranky Fan, who's here with me um, as our co-host. And uh, I'm going to start by introducing everybody, and I want you all to answer this question as I go. First, let's start with to my, I don't know where he is, but he's on the screen somewhere. He is the face of every single variation of Giants fan and one of the hosts for the New York Revival show on YouTube with Spiro and Vibes. This is El Jefe. Um, let me get your opinion on a scale of one to 10, Den being the highest, the most. How much do you hate the Cranky fan right now between his nonstop ranting of the Lightning and the Rays? Uh, probably an 8.5. I feel okay. pretty, pretty good about that. Yeah. Hey, I'll take that. That works. <laughs> He's, uh, you, you know what, of all your rivalries, Cranky fan, you've been the most um, uh, sporting this time. I think you've been not so mean. Well, I don't that's hate the Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. That's, that's the simple fact. Um, that helps. Uh, yeah. I have, uh, you know, they are kind of my stepbrother being such diehard Nick fan. So I kind of, you know, they're part of the family. That garden alliance. Exactly. You know, it's my, <laughs> my Lord and Savior James Dolan is uh oh know, boy. God. Oh, oh so you worship Satan. <laughs> Pretty much. <yeah. laughs> All right. Uh, no, so I mean I, I don't have the I don't have the hatred for, for the uh Rangers or the Islanders that I do for other teams in the New York market, but I uh, do respect it. Yeah. So Hefe, I have to I have to mention this. I'm a jerk. I've been invited on New York Revival twice, and both times I couldn't do it. Uh, once you invited me, I think it was the week of the draft, right? I asked you if you wanted to come on. You're like, I promised my wife I'd be off tonight or, or, or tomorrow night or whatever, mm-hmm. but you can come on tonight. And I was like, I kind of promised my girlfriend. I, this was my one night off. I came here just to make sure that you weren't mad at me or something. Cause you keep blowing me off. So here I am. We're cool, yeah. right? We're good. We are cool. Yeah. Okay. No. Welcome um, to my world. 
<laughs> three times a day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am super glad to finally have you on the show. I, I hope to get on New York Revival at some point, but that's an open door, man. Anytime. Yeah. Any of you guys. Now, being a Devils fan, I feel like I'm at a place right now. Who? Who are Look, they? Man, I, I agree. Who the hell are we? That's why I kept my mouth shut. I've been watching USFL football instead of hockey. This Good Lord. Time. Yeah. Oof. Well, you know what? Yeah, the grind never stops. Uh, moving along. <laughs> He is the host of the only Giants podcast in Nevada, as far as I know, and he's a repeat guest on this show. It's Victor Perez from the Just a Giants Fan Podcast. Welcome back, Victor. How are you? I uh, you missed me choking on my water because I was muted. <laughs> I'm Perfect. great right now. Well played. And uh, <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how much do you hate the cranky fan right now between his nonstop ranting of the lightning and rays? Uh, honestly, and this might be a little sacrilegious right now, I could give a shit less. I couldn't give a shit less about baseball or hockey. Although I do hope that this win streak, whatever it is with our head coach attending a game in New York continues. Um, and that carries over to North Jersey as well. Right on. We'll be, we'll be 20 and oh next year. If it carries over. <laughs> well, <laughs> whatever sacrilege you committed immediately, I think you made up for with that one. That was a pretty suave answer. I got to say, um, and finally, I'll take that. I'll take that as a an ardent supporter of my uh, commentary. So thank you. The next answer sure. may not be as much. Uh, so he is the most outspoken Giants fan and the biggest idiot on the planet for just so many different reasons. <laughs> but he also runs a pretty sweet tailgate, and I love him to death, even if I hate him nonstop. This is Snacks. Welcome to the show. Snacks, is this your first time on our show? It is. It is. Oh, welcome, buddy. My I hope first, this is the first of many. You never forget uh, your first so. time. No, I don't. Absolutely not. Well, <laughs> anyway, um, it's great to be here. And uh, Grump, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, and we, I think we almost, we, I think we texted each other this today, today as well. It's you said, I, I hate that I love you. And then I wrote back, the biggest regret I've had in my life is, is loving you. Yep. And I hate myself for it. So I was actually, so I, I was watching the revival show that you were on from a couple uh, weeks ago. It was right after the penguins game. Yes. And you, I, I don't remember any of them now, but I was listening at work and I was like, fucking he's right about everything so far. He's killing it. So I had to tell him that he did a really good job on the show. Um, and I didn't want to do that, but I had to, <laughs> I didn't want to do that. I didn't yeah, it want felt, to. It, it felt really good. I was, I just came out of a meeting and I saw it. I was like, wow. Um, this is, this is a once in a lifetime here. So. All right. So speaking of, uh, feeling really good on a scale of one to 10, how much do you hate the cranky thing right now? 10. Yeah. I thought so. I'm surprised it's not, uh, it's not higher. No, well, you said one through 10 and I'm going to really try and try my best to, uh, to listen to you tonight. This is your show. So, mm. um, for, this is a very difficult thing for me to do is to listen to others, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to respect you. I'm not going to respect cranky tonight because like I said, 10. But other than that, it's whatever. It's good. Crank, I love you. But okay. 10. Yeah. You know, um, he, I don't think Cranky Fan knows this because I've never told him snacks, but he texts me all the time, Cranky. And he's like, he, he will like pull your tweets where you're just bitching about the most random shit. And he's like, I love him. Every <laughs> time, I, I want it like once a week, right, snacks? You find least, something that Cranky at says. At least you'll, you'll See, crank, you'll tweet something. And I just, I, I literally sit on my phone and I just, I laugh out loud and I don't want to respond to it because I don't want to get you going even more. <laughs> so I just send it to Grump and I'm like, I love this man. 
You see, here's the thing is that I love all my teams equally. You know, I'd rather, um, I haven't had a championship yet in basketball and baseball. So, you know, you're waiting longer, but baseball is the sport where you're just watching for three hours by yourself. And it's that slow burn. Yeah. It's a great point. And, and, and things just boil up and you get so pissed. And the thing is, I have a wife, she's in the other room back there. And after, you know, 15 years, she doesn't want to hear it anymore every night. She doesn't want to hear a rant about our idiot manager. She doesn't want to hear about, you know, just stupidness. So Twitter's the greatest thing ever. I just screamed to nobody. <laughs> and instead of me, like having a big curse storm where like the bubble cloud of curses is all over the apartment, it just goes out to Twitter and I, and I feel a lot better. And I'm Perfect. good. Don't, don't ever stop, please. I, I, yeah. So it's not like I love the Rays more than I do the Giants. It's just that's. That's my outlook. Be football, we all know. You watch a football game and it's just kind of like, oh, baseball is that slow burn. And right now it just burns the shit out of me, that team. So, although they are at 5 1 in the fifth, if you guys really care right now. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm certainly much. don't. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a little. So, um, was the Rangers game, the Rangers Lightning game, was that Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. That was Sunday? Sunday. All right. Yeah. So, how, snacks. Snacks, how much do you hate that I legitimately watch the USFL game instead? I, I despise you. Are you right. kidding me? That's just... so, like everybody, so, so you're almost like Cranky who's, who's tweeting out things that he would be cursing at to his wife about a game, and then you'll tweet out USFL when everybody else is tweeting about the Rangers. <laughs> Nobody cares. I'm like the only one. I feel like the USFL will tweet something. I'm the only comment every time. <laughs> I got to tell you, I give you credit. That's I respect it. You know, at, at least with me, as Yankee fans, you guys are like, well, I should know what's happening to a team in my division. I will say I do appreciate that. But then again, you're bitching and moaning about something. I'll check the score and it's 7-1 raise. That's not true. Oh, no, that's on. true. It's <laughs> absolutely true. That's not true. No, no, no. Um, it's, it's something. It's, it's, a, it's usually involving our idiot manager in a bullpen mismanagement. That's that what is, gets that's, me fired up. That's fair. And the, and the bottom of the order. And the bottom of the order. Well, that, that fucking moron, if you, you know, sorry. <laughs> See, that's, a, that's how it starts. So hold yeah, I on. I should have known putting the two of you together. Wait, on. I'm just <laughs> tweeting it out right now. Okay. I'm No, I love, I love snacks. I mean, he gets, we've been very civil during these games, during the playoff games, texting each other. We have a surprisingly. Yes, we really have. There's been no, like, well, I, I think I did say fuck you once, but that well, was, that's, that's every morning. Isn't that, is, yeah, true. I was going to say that's like good morning. For that's a true. term of endearment for well, snacks. I'm really. not, I'm not, I'm not the guy in a, in a game who like turns around when I, my team scores and like, look at me, fuck all of you guys. That's I'm just true. Like, like tomorrow night at the garden, there's no way in hell I'm wearing a lightning jersey. There's no, no way in no, hell I'm I taunting wouldn't. anybody. I wouldn't. No, we had to get escorted. I know it was going long, but in the, the 2015 Eastern Conference Finals game seven, Ugh. we went to the game. We sat up top. I wore my Stamkos jersey and... I was online getting a hot dog and this guy was like, I'm going to kick your ass right now. And it was a cop standing right next to me. I'm like, you hear that? And he's like, didn't do anything. <laughs> so with, with three minutes left, the usher goes to me, he goes, um, you may want to go out that back door. I'm like, yeah, I might do that. And he's like, you may want to do it right now. Like, you know something? I'll, uh, I'll watch the handshake from the bar or something. So we just yeah. snuck out of there and That's I will all- never wear I know not to poke the bear. I, I, you know, something. I'm just going to show up, watch the game, and leave. I, I didn't say anything to Ranger fans last night down in Tampa. I wasn't giving them any grief. That's 
you know something? You, if you're a fan going to an opposing stadium or an arena at this time of the season, I respect you. Fair and enough. I don't care about you as a, I, I'm there for me to win. I don't care about you guys. I have my own problems. So I'll be on best behavior. To that end, I will say real quick, I went decked out Giants gear to a game in Philly, Monday Night Football, when I was Philly's in college. Philly's an exception. Um, I'll never do it again. My, <laughs> li- my life was threatened. Like, I was wearing an old-school Rodney Hampton jersey. It got ripped off my body. Like, it, it came home in shreds. So, they, they, are, they are such vile human beings. I went to the game in Philly for the COVID year when they let like 7,500 people in. I, I, I told myself and my family, I'm like, this will be the only time I ever go to Philly because – there's 7,500 people. What are they going to do? We're all spread out. No, <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Pretzel rub, pretzel bites thrown, thrown at us. Everything. I don't need that shit. I don't need Humble. that in my life. Well, Vic, you have, you have the Raiders now. Have you seen a shift in dynamic around uh, with the people around by you? I, uh, the, the people out here in Vegas jump on to any little bit of professional sports. They can. We got a triple A baseball team out here. And just like when you go over to Summerlin, half the shirts say aviators on them. So everyone out here is nuts for the Raiders. They're not crazy like Oakland type, you know, just mm-hmm. insanity over there. But they all deck out and everything. I want to go to a Raiders game at some point just to see the new stadium. Of but course, I, yeah. I have no excuse. I have no excuse yet. <laughs> I, I think we should make a solemn promise, everybody. The first time we're on the schedule out there, we need to make a uh, I couldn't agree a more. Giants yeah. fan road trip and uh, <laughs> make it happen. I may, may it start on Wednesday and end on Wednesday. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, perfect. I'll take you guys to Sapphires. Tell Pebbles I said hi. By the way. <laughs> yeah. All right, Cranky, why don't you kick it off with a real? Uh, we're we're going to shift to actual Giants Garbo right now. Let's let's talk some Giants stuff. Joe Shane and Brian Daba are fresh young faces that the Giants social media team has crammed in our faces any chance they can they could to help generate good PR. Shane has impressed fans with his modern thinking and swift action, while Dable has charmed fans with humor, energy, and past success. The two have been spotted numerous times at Ranger games saying all the right things to Giant fans. Everybody wins the offseason, but at this point, what have you liked so far from this offseason, and what moves have made you scratch your head from these two? So, uh, Hefe, why don't you take it away? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would have said that Shane and Dave's the best crime-fighting duo in all the <laughs> land is the best thing about this offseason, just the different vibe that they've brought to camp. They're, you can feel it just through the social media that the players are relaxed, that they're having fun, that they kind of enjoy being there. Nobody's retiring. Nobody's running laps. Nobody's like, yes, Joel Sargent. You know, like these guys are actually enjoying football. So, like, there's a better vibe. It's way better than the Shermer judge era. And it's, you know, hindsight is 2020, but you can kind of tell that this is different. You can tell that I think like I feel way better, even though I felt good about the last guys because I wanted to, but like these guys actually feel like they know what they're doing. So like, I'm all about those guys. I think it's great that they were hired together. So I love that stuff in terms of what's scratching. What am I scratching my head about? Um, there's a lot of red jerseys out there and I know it's, it's way early, so I'm I'm certainly not going to overreact to any of that, but, um, you know, Galladay looked good to me running routes today. So I think it's all just precautionary, but they re-signed CJ board. That always upsets me. Um, but 
that that's always a head scratcher for me but <laughs> it's it's too early i'm not i'm not gonna i'm just enjoying the new staff and the new regime i like what they're doing so far uh, interesting yeah I, w- I would say that like I, I, that was probably the most elated we were as giants fans was you know the joe shane and brian dable hiring right right now everything that we're excited for is just potential and excitement um but so far i think they've well, I don't know that Brian Dable's really delivered anything yet, but Joe Shane certainly has, I think. Uh, well, one of the big things we had talked about was we need to become a 21st century team. We felt like an old team doing things the old way. And even getting Joe Judge, it's like, okay, he's from the New England tree and everything, but that seems like it's kind of the past. It's not forward thinking. And if you look at the teams right now, you know, it's Buffalo, it's Kansas City. It's modern offenses that try to score a thousand points, spraying the field out and doing all these things. So instead of bringing in another regime that does things the old way, like to your point, being drill sergeants and three yards a day. Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's be modern. And I think we're finally, you know, this is an old ownership group. It's been there for a thousand years. There's a lot of old people in in the building we need to get a jolt to the 21st century. And I think we've done that. And that's the most exciting thing. Right? Yeah. And it extends beyond, I think even like, you know, the X's and O's of it. I mean, the giants are an organization that has operated as like a family business where they do right by everybody. But like at a certain point, are you getting walked all over by idiots? Um, you know, Joe Shane, for me to answer this question, since I'm talking, I guess, at a turn, um, I think the coolest thing that Joe Shane did was fire Chris Pett after the, after the draft. Took that immediately Clean after. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's potential that the Kadarius Tony smoke was to smoke out leaks. I don't know for sure that that's true, but it I feels hope that's weird. true. Cause that's a feels... reasonable, it's a reasonable thing to <laughs> right? think feel smart. Right. Yeah. If that's true, that that's like one of those things where like 20 years from now, when there's like a book written about like the big shift in the organization that I hope that that's like a true thing that came out and, and that truth will come out and and from to your to your pettit comment real quick um he also got rid of like other longtime scouts and yes. everything like that so he's really clearing we all know chris mauer was never going anywhere so we can't we got to stop bitching about that he's never going anywhere but the fact that he was able to clear so many of those guys that have put together disastrous draft after disastrous draft after disastrous draft is a monumental change that it's Blows my mind, actually, that we're here. <laughs> well, since you're going, why, why don't you uh, yeah, right, direct the question to you? All right. Sorry, I, I interrupted you there. No, you tell you're um, good. Go. Yeah, so obviously, you know, I'm not going to keep repeating the sh- how excited I am for the Shane Dable um, pairing. Um, I, I also will say real quick, and it's not me being the miserable fan and the miserable person that I am. I think we're going to have to start lightening it up on social media with them. Just a little bit. A little bit. What do you mean by that? Because yeah, what? they're light, light, lightning, lightning with the with Shane smiling and Dave smiling. There's just a little, maybe a little too much. Like today was great with Sam Prince. Love that. It was awesome. Yeah. But I think, you know, they're the general manager and coach. Let's uh let's let them do their jobs. We don't we don't need to see them all the time. But that's fine. I, it's just a small okay, little thing you. that 100%. I really, that I really don't I'm care. with you there. I'm with you. Hundred percent. It's just it's just it's it's like you know, twelve different pictures a day. I don't need it. But regardless. Um, something that really, uh, really excited me about the off season and after Dable was hired was the staff he put together. Um, we saw with judge, he hired a lot of guys he worked with and like that he had ties with outside of Garrett, who we know was forced on him, but everybody that was on Joe judge's staff worked with him previously, or he had a connection to somehow, some way. 
with Dable. He never worked with Kafka, his offense coordinator. He never worked with Wink, his defense coordinator. But those are two good coaches. You know, you lose Patrick Graham, which we all saw what he could do. But you bring in Wink, who's been a, a very good veteran defensive coordinator. Kafka, no, he has no experience offensive, play, uh, you know, calling an offense or being an offense coordinator. But he was just tutored under Andy Reid for a few years now. So you got to like that potential there. And then it's just the position coaches. Besides, I think Bobby Johnson, I don't really know too many ties to, to Brian Dable elsewhere. So I think that was really cool. Um, I also love the fact that, in my opinion, and hopefully, granted, they haven't touched the field yet, they stayed at five and seven and drafted two blue chip players at two massive positions of need and premium positions. Um, I think that was incredible. And I had scratchers. Honestly, it's been a pretty, to me, um, not like an overwhelmingly exciting offseason. Obviously, we had no money. Um, but cutting Logan Ryan for nothing really didn't make any sense to me. Um, I, I, I don't get it. I know there's a lot more. There's got to be a lot more to that story uh, that we don't know about. But I thought that was weird. And don't get mad at me, Grump. Don't get mad at me. I And I'm not, I'm not shitting on the player because I don't know what he's going to be yet. But the the second round pick was a premium pick that I was a very confused on with, uh, with Robinson. So, um, but I, I'm not, I'm not like, he's not a bust. You know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just, that was a, that was a premium, premium pick. And uh, I hope they're right. And I trust Joe Shane, Brian Dale. So what they say goes and I, I'm all in on him. But it, it, it may make my scratch, scratch my head in the moment. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair end. I was actually yeah, an answer I predicted, were, to be honest. We didn't say they were bad moves. You're just like, what's making you scratch it? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. right now, everything is all wine right. and roses and everything. Right. But what are something you're like, hmm? And that's exactly the kind of answer we were looking for. Um, I, I, I like exactly what you said about the two picks, because it's kind of going into my thought, my bigger thought about it. And we're going to talk about him a lot later, about Daniel Jones, is that they don't have any assumptions at all that Daniel Jones is gone after this year. And a lot of people are like, well, we can trade the picks for next year. We're going to be hunting for a big game quarterback. I, I really respect the fact, and I am not a Daniel Jones apologist. I'm not his agent. I'm not his brother. I'm looking at this as the slate is clean with Daniel Jones, and they are treating it the same way. They're going to give him an honest evaluation. They're going to put him in the best opportunity to succeed. Not that he's going to be a pro bowler this year, but is this some guy we want to work with in the future? And if you trade one of those picks you know we, we got arguably the best offensive lineman in the draft but if you're going to punt for next year you're saying we've already made our mind up we're going to go through the motions with Daniel Jones we made our mind up mm-hmm. they have not done that and I think that's huge and that's you know let's see what we got the guy really is a bust he's a bust but and we'll and we'll, and we'll learn that yeah right exactly. and we're gonna no, talk I, more about Daniel Jones later in the show but I think yeah, that, I could so I'm, I'm sorry I'm sorry I was just I wanted to just kind of piggyback off what you're saying um at some point when your roster is really bad and deprived of like upper echelon players and you have two premium picks, you do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, sorry. I'm you, with you need you. stars. You need you stars. Need star- you need stars. You need, you need top of the line players. And we really didn't have any. And I think these two guys that we drafted can very well be. So like you said, crank punting on a year just to get an extra first next year to force a trade and probably, you know, not get a good return for it at, no, I, I'm very happy with what what they did in the draft. And also, we're we are not just a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl this right, year. Right. We you gotta we have the, the time and the opportunity to play out the Daniel Jones experiment and see if he's not good, we move on. If they show show signs, 
we'll work with it in the future. But he's not going to hold us back from being, you know, 13 and, and four. Yeah. Whatever the math is now. <laughs> I still, I'm still adjusting. It's weird. Action. It's still weird. Vic, what do you think? Um, you guys are used, have said a lot of things that I would have said. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, for me, I, I like that the overarching theme of this for a lot of people of this offseason, right, is that things that we have been screaming about for years are finally fucking getting addressed. Yeah. Scouts are gone. Chris Pettit is gone. We drafted another lineman early. <laughs> you know, we got an edge rusher. Holy crap. It feels like Eric Flowers was a rookie the last time we actually like started you know, it, that it's been that long, not, not that he was like them addressing it, but like, it, it's been so long that like before my kids were born was the last time that we actually had significant needs addressed in this manner. Um, I guess if I got a nitpick, something that was a kind of a head scratcher to me, I, I would have, I personally would have just screwed with uh, Leonard Williams' contract, put a void year on the end of it and just turn his entire, you know, as much as you can, his salary into a bonus. And then that would have given us the money to keep Bradbury and have an extra two mil. So th- that would have been a personal preference to me because for me, losing Bradbury is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's um, actually, that's a, that's a great point. I do want to talk a little bit about that because I think we're all in agreement that this year we're just going to have to deal with the secondary, the way it is. And we all kind of knew that before Joe Shane did any cutting or adding. I mean, we all, I think like five different podcasts did the exact same exercise where they were like, how the hell do we cut $40 million? Like what? And I don't try. Yeah, we tried. We, you and I couldn't do it. We got close. We got to like 35 or something and we made the roster terrible when we did it. (laughs) Um, So I guess I I have like kind of a a question based on this. So we know that the secondary has to be a massive uh, investment next year of of some variety of free agents of re-signing guys or something and, and drafting guys probably, I guess just as like a philosophy, uh, a standpoint here, would you rather be drafting corners and upcoming drafts to replace the missing parts? Or would you rather be like just throwing money at corners that are like the sure thing that are on the market? Like it just generally, I, and you guys can just answer as a mob. I don't really care. Um, I, for me, I, I always, I, I hate throwing big money to anybody, even proven or not. It's just kind of, I, I don't know. I don't like it, but cornerback is a position I would. Um, but I'm also very weary of throwing big money at cornerbacks that aren't being re-signed by their team because nowadays that is legitimately it's is almost it's not as important as an edge rusher but it's right there um mm-hmm. in a passing league like that so i'm i'm a little skeptical of that so for me i'm all about the draft and in fact i wanted sauce at five because i think he was gonna be the real deal and i think that you know a lockdown corner is to me a premium pick and i would not have minded him there so um, if I had to, if I had to answer that question, I would lean always more towards the draft on, on these kind of kids. But you know, if you got in a Dory Jackson that, that falls in late in free agency, or you know, a he was a surprise that, cut. Though. I mean, everybody was kind of like, cut. "What?" Yep, and he's not. And that's not going to happen every year. Um, and you know, that to me, that deal wasn't that bad either. He was a productive guy, productive player. Um, if you can find guys like that that aren't going to burn you all year, and you could pay him a respectable, you know, give him a respectable contract without 
completely overshooting your load, then okay. But um, you see what I did there? <laughs> overshooting your load. Yeah. I didn't know we were going to pivot to the Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson <laughs> conversation <laughs> already, bro. <laughs> um, anybody else with that? Because I, I think this is actually like a super interesting like uh, philosophy because I don't entirely disagree with him, but at the same time, you know, as somebody who's like, I'm, I'm, my big thing is the draft. I really enjoy that stuff. And I really enjoy watching like college players. And that, that to me is the hardest one to predict. And a lot of those corners fail, like real, like the top ones, they fail. And that's a huge investment to whiff on. I mean, we know because we do it all the time as China, Evan Ingram sucked. Uh, Eric Flowers was horrible. I mean, we, we, Eli Apple was really good. Eli Apple was fantastic. He that was, was on a the great Super pick. Bowl team. That was, that was a great pick. Um, so I, I do think that they're, but, but at the same time, you're right. Like, you know, we know now, like the league knows that DBs, good DBs are hard to come by and they're really important. But then I think of things like, you know, the saints have, um, what the hell is, they have a Lattimore. couple of good, good, yeah, they march on Lattimore, but they are also been in cap hell for the last decade. Is there a chance that they just won't be able to afford him and he'll be on the market? You know, well, okay, I think it depends me, that's on a guy the I'd, I'd give the, the, the bullet too. The bullet. Why would I say the bullet? I don't want to shoot the guy. A lot of shooting going on. Yikes. A lot of bullet shooting. Bourbon, I, maybe. I, I think it depends bag. on the situation. The I think it depends on the situation <laughs> or timeline. You know, do I want to give a lot of money right now in free agency to a corner when there's no urgency to have one? Or do I want to draft one and let him grow and use that cap money to address other spots? I think it's a it's a situational question. Like right now, I wouldn't give big, big money. I mean, assuming our cap was in a better situation, I don't know if I'd give big money right now because we're not like, like with the Daniel Jones thing. We're I not see what you're, we're not where that there yet. Yeah, I get you. I get yeah. You. Well, you given guess? given our current situation, I'm I'm liable to agree with snacks. And like, I got the the list of UFAs up on Spot Track right now for for next year, mm-hmm. and it's all dudes that are either over thirty or will be over 30 and it's Eli apples. <laughs> well, I mean, just some bad it's going to be market depending. <laughs> no, it is literally Eli apple will be a, an unrestricted free agent next year too. Him, did he uh, signed somewhere this year. I think, I thought he signed like a one year deal. I th- Yeah. Did he go back with Cincy? I, thought he was I think Cincy. he did. My, I, I don't know. I assume he got signed. I'll tell you, but regardless it's like it there's no one i would want to throw money at if you're not going to throw money at a corner position you're not going to get somebody who's going to come in and you know shut down a guy you know for four quarters so it's i i i'm i think we need to grow talent i'm just nervous about the the unproven talent that we have on our roster so it is so it is. yeah we're obviously coming from a place of cap hell so it's like no you don't want to throw a bad well, of like, course yeah but you showed but you showed what bradbury what an acquisition acquisition like that can do for your defense like that nobody expected him to be the guy he was in 2020 um so it is like snacks was saying it's a position of huge worth like top three or four most important positions in football i'm not a fan of making somebody the highest paid guy at their position but you know like if you can get a, a quality guy at a reasonable price, then I'm obviously okay with it because a proven commodity at, at that important position is certainly worth it, but not for where the Giants are at now. You got to grow okay. some homegrown talent. When you're ready to make a strike for the postseason, then you go and get that guy. Who knows? Maybe we trade uh, Saquon for a corner before the 
before the deadline. Wow. No, you're our new, yeah, you're our new alternate for the next time one of you're us our is segue sick. You're voiceover guy. Yeah, because you're going right into our next question here, and I'm going to start with you, Cranky Fan. How do you want mm-hmm. Joe Shane to handle Saquon Barkley, and does your answer change if he's on pace for 2,000 mm-hmm. total yards? I don't think Saquon Barkley's the future of this team. And, uh, you know, even if he's having – fantastic year in the first seven eight weeks i listen to every offer possible for him and we try to get as much as we can for him i love the guy um, but i know that he has an injury history now and if his value is as high as it can be i think we 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 entertain offers and we make a deal if we can even if he's having a pro bowl year he's having an all pro year i just he's even so this is still what his fifth year fourth year fifth fifth year so yeah. he has miles on the tires, even just from an age perspective. He's not super young anymore. So this, let's say this uh, rebuild takes three, four years. Is he really going to be a part of that team in three, four years at maximum? No. Um, so I, I, again, it goes back to Daniel Jones that we want him to have as many weapons as possible to give him the best chance to succeed. And 100% Saquon Barkley is one of those weapons, obviously. Um, but I'm definitely looking – my phone is – I have it up here ready to listen to anybody who's interested in the guy getting up to the deadline. Hefe, your turn. I would be a hypocrite if I said anything other than don't invest in a running back. So I feel like I have to stay consistent with that. If Barkley's like going nuts this year and he plays at least 15 games, he's like a top three running back and he takes a team friendly or something like that, like – it would have to be like the stars aligning and all of that happening where they don't want to break up like the chemistry. And then Jones, they're going to franchise tag him because he did such a good job. They want to see more from him. So like it would have to be so many and like maybe even compete for a playoff spot. Like it would have to be so many things coming together, which in reality, probably not going to happen in, in this first season with so many new things going on. So I, I'm not a fan of investing in that position. Like you just see time and time again, teams regret it Dallas. within a year or two. Even Dallas. Yep. That sounds like a, like an offseason plan. Even like during the season, let's say we're at week seven and we're getting up to the deadline and he's playing that well. Are you is your phone off or no? No, I'm totally with you, but we have to think that this is John Mara's Saquon Barkley. So I don't know. I mean, I think that Shane will hopefully earn his stripes where he can do what he needs to do, but that is something he'll definitely have to run by Mara. Oh, sure. That that is Mara's son right there. I'm going to interject with a really brief conspiracy theory. It's one of the things that we love doing on our show because they're, they're always silly, but um, I mean, there's no, uh, how do I want to approach this? Do we all to start, we all agree that Saquon Barkley is also a very nice face of the franchise he's a very clean guy he's a very good looking dude he's a an all-star in college you know what i mean like he is he is the kind of guy that like john Merritt picks and he's like i like that i can put him all over giant social media i like that he represents our brand you know what i mean like we agree with that right like he's like at least in 2018 when he was drafted that was a thing that was thought he was was all of those things yeah right okay and and think about it he's still they're still i'm sorry you're gonna finish he's they're still doing that in making him the oh, face yeah. of everything. And he hasn't done anything in quite a while. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So do we think that they have that vision for Kayvon? 
because he's a big personality. They are throwing him everywhere. They love his Instagram stories and shit. They love getting Sam Prince and him in the same room for the millionth time. And I don't have any problem with this. I'm just curious if you think that conversation ever happened. I, I, I would definitely think the conversation, maybe not in, in broad terms like that, but that's got to be a thought process. And here's okay. the thing, though. I mean, I'm going to make fun of myself here. The New York Giants are not the Tampa Bay Rays. We're not trying to get ticket sales. Just because they don't need to. Well, hang on, hang on. There is a. No, hang on. Do you not remember the Jersey retirements? Last yeah. Year just to get people to come to the stadium. I was going to say. come to the stadium, but the tickets are sold. The ticket sales, but he doesn't want an empty stadium and he doesn't want a stadium full of other teams' fans. Merrick yeah. does Correct. not that's, want that. That's the thing. The stadium's always going to be. That hurts his feelings for real, I think. I don't think that's like any, there's no bones about that. So we, we, we think we're dealing with an owner who's more up about his feelings than he is actually what's in the best. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say more and I wouldn't say it interferes with the best interest, but I do think it's a concern of his. Does that yeah, make sense? The, the okay. marketability is definitely like a conscious part of any uh, talent retainment conversation that they have internally. It, it almost has to be with John Mara. You are two for two on like host substitution right there. Marketability was a hundred percent the word I was trying to say with like a whole essay. You know, I've been looking for a new co-host and uh, <laughs> see me after the show. I only bust my ass. Uh, Hefe, what do you think? I don't know if it was an exact conversation like, oh, Thibodeau could uh, potentially replace Saquon as the face, but I think what uh, attracted them to Thibodeau so much is that he is that marketable. Like he is all, all those things you just listed. He is that right. Like he's, charismatic beyond belief like the guy is so sure of himself at a premium position in new york that is exactly what they want on this team and he happens to be a great football player too like i mean neil and thibodeau were basically two of the top three prospects like in my mind you know like those are the two guys like i can't believe they fell to us so it still feels weird so right like does. why did that happen it does, it does. <laughs> But here's totally the thing. We, like, have two, we don't deserve nice things. That's how it feels. <laughs> yeah. We have two very marketable guys now, and we only have two primetime appearances. Because we oh, suck. But, yeah, but, but the, yeah, but there's but, there's two. The, the Giants' own marketability and the NFL's marketability are different. The NFL will follow whatever talents, you know, whatever. The Giants have to find that guy. You know what I mean? Like the NFL doesn't have to find that. They just pick whoever is. They don't right. care. You know what and, I mean? And, and to, the, to the Thibodeau point about the marketability and everything, Guy hasn't played a snap yet, and then in the UK, he's the ninth selling jersey. So yeah, saw that. that yeah, he's and, already and, and you know they yeah. see that, and they're gonna keep pushing him. And the the, him. the NFL also has the right to flex games later on if the Giants yeah, become that's a also story. True, yeah. And mm-hmm. and Saquon and Thibodeau are playing among the best in the league. They can do what they would like to. And you know, stupid fucking NBC will have all those dumb graphics all over the screen of all of Kayvon stacks and stats and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? This is the requisite. I hate hate watching Sunday night football. I think it's the worst program there is. I think it's worse than worse. (laughs) I I, still, well, it's the worst NFL broadcast in my opinion. There's too much much garbage all over the place. There is a, there is a lot of garbage. I I'm a huge Sunday night football fan for two. I love Dale Michaels. Yeah, I knew it. I knew you were going to piss me off. (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry. Do you believe in miracles? You dumb fuck. No, clearly not. 30 years. You weren't even alive then. (laughs) I was close. You okay? <laughs> you, you overshot your load on that. I overshot one. my load. <laughs> you Deshaun did. I think he's shooting blanks on that one. Al, Michael, Al Michaels' little nitpicking of gambling cracks me up. I'm not That's saying funny. he's all world. It, it Al is Michaels, very funny. 
Al he, Michaels is one of the last guys who has a big game voice. Yes. You he hear does. his voice, you know he it's does. a big game. And that's another thing I was going to say. Sunday Night Football, to me, is a big game. And that's why it's been upsetting when the Giants played the Browns with no fans in the stands. And they were like, you know, kind of in the playoff picture. I was like, wow, okay. This is a big game. It's a play. It just feels like a big game. And three, I love their theme song. So not not the singing one. The I don't, okay. Not the singing one. Not the waited <laughs> like, all day for Sunday no, night. I almost no, ended I, the show. Oh, so we have two Joe Jet references. <laughs> no, I, in one I night. hate that one. I like a bum 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 bum. Okay. It just has big game feel to me. I get it. All right. I'll of your three. All right, go ahead. You get you got you're batting three hundred. That's a good batting average. Yeah. It I'm is a good fan. batting. Yeah, congratulations. I, I do we, who, who do we leave off with the Barkley question? I, I didn't mean to derail entirely. Was, did anybody answer that besides uh, me? I, I did. Uh, Vic, did you go? I think no. Mike, uh, uh, Jeff, and Crank oh. answered. Yeah, I went. Yeah, for me, really good. You could be good. It's it's gonna be honestly. I I kind of don't give a shit what they do with Saquon Barkley, whether they sign him or keep him. I just know. Don't get me wrong. I love Saquon Barkley, and I I hope that they would because he's like we talked about, such a nice guy, such so good in front of the camera. Like uh, I can watch him on TV and not want to like shoot myself. He doesn't fall for like the Pat Leonard bullshit questions, you know. Um, it, it's I like him as a as a person. Um, I wish he was injured less. You know what I mean? So any extension for me, if he does get extended, is gonna need to have as little money guaranteed for injury as possible. Um, so I, and also I just want them to do it sooner rather than later. Like I don't want it to turn into like this this offseason issue and bonanza with will they sign resign Saquon or not? Like just get it done. If he's on track to have 2000 yards from scrimmage this year, get it done by week eight, get it out the way. That way we're also not wondering if he's going to get traded, just do whatever you need to. And keep in mind that if he does hit the market next year, there's not much competition for the type of ceiling that Saquon has. Um, everyone involved has to be aware of that. So he's either going to get super paid or if everyone's gun shy about the injuries, he's going to get paid dick. So, you know, it's just get it done. If you're going to get it done, get it done. And if you're not shut the fuck up, say, and then wash your hands, move on. Excellent. Snacks. Yeah. Uh, I hope he's on pace by week eight. Cause then I think somebody will be desperate enough to make that phone I call. I agree. And that's, that's really what I, I want. You're going to have a hungry kid who's two years off an ACL. So I would assume, and in a much more creative and invent, innovative offense that I think. Art Stapleton gonna, uh, wrote a whole column on him today. He did. Yes, he did. And um, I think that Shocked there's nobody, be, right? Yeah, really? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think there's going to be a team that's going to be like, okay. Cause I, and you, nobody's going to be able to convince me. Otherwise I a hundred percent think Joe Shane was trying to trade him before the draft because that was one way to clear up space. And he definitely is a guy that is not going to pay a running back. Um, so I, I am, I am hoping by the trade deadline before it, that he is dominating the NFL and every single game, because there will be a team that'll make a call. And his value went from maybe the giants were going to get a six round pick to maybe now they can get a third or a fourth for a the team snacks. that thinks they can win a championship and they need that extra dynamic in their offense. So I am hoping, hoping, and again, I am not, diminishing Saquon we're all in agreement that we like him good kid all that but 
there's no way the future of this team and Cranky were alluding to it. If it takes three to four years that him on the giants is going to be a benefit for this team. So I will wish him all the best. I will never hate him. No, no disrespect, but I do not want him to be a New York giant past week eight. Well, next, here's the thing. If he is having an, an all pro season after like week seven or eight, and he's on pace for 2000 total yards. The odds are this offensive line is playing really well for him. Right. The odds are Daniel Jones is playing well for him. And the odds are we're overshooting our skis with our record. Maybe overshooting. Overshooting. Overshooting again. <laughs> <laughs> so we're probably, you know, thinking about <laughs> snipping the playoffs. Oh no. How, how would we how would we sell that to the fan base? Yeah. Right. That's been, you know, in purgatory for a decade. Like, oh, this team looks pretty decent. It's, we just we just trade your best player. It's an impossible sell. Um, and I this is probably a horrific example because it's two completely different two different things but we were five and two with with kurt warner and or, yep. you know we we're like right in the playoff mix and we we're like no nah, eli he's number one pick they were right in the, in the top of the division they made the switch i understand over a decade of the losing and how miserable it's been and you know outside of the tailgates there's nothing fun about this football team but i would hope that selling a, a seventh seed playoff spot where you're going to get probably trampled. I know anything can happen. I'm just saying over is overshadowed by the fact that we could be a better team for the future. If we get an asset for a running back that I would garner to say, we're not going to pay. So it would be uh, fool's gold. And I think the fan base would have to realize that. I mean, I would, would be have all to, for it. They would have to bite the bullet. Um, to me, they, they kind of feel very Rangers-like, Rangers-esque from a few years ago where they sent that letter to the fans like, listen, this is going to take some time. We're going to trade away these big guys, but we're going to build it the right way and look where they are now. So mm-hmm. um, I would put my trust in Joe Shane and I would not be one that's going to – the fans, yes, we occupy John Mara's brain and, and their pockets and we, we fill it and everything. Don't worry about us. Worry, worry about what's best for wins we, and losses. We showed up this Hell, year. Yes, future. dude. Yeah. Don't, future. We'll show so, up when we win. Exactly. Right. So don't worry about our feelings and how you're going to sell something to us. If we think it's the right move, maybe the blinders aren't, oh, my God, we're winning. Everybody's going to take a step back and realize that's for the best, for the future of this franchise, because we want sustained success, not just a lollygag possible potential seven-seed year. So um, I, I, know, I, said I know last what year. you're saying. That's what I said last year. It's like we could have made the playoffs last year, you know, in 2019 or 2020. We were not a playoff team. It's right, a big exactly. difference. Exactly. Big difference. Exactly. I want to Cranky. build it the right way. Cranky, hit him with the Daniel Jones question. All right. But bef- before that, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Um, the, the troll in me kind of wants to see the giant sign Saquon to, oh, to McCaffrey money, just to watch snacks oh. and will have a fucking oh, God, will. I will install a 24 hour camera at his house. <laughs> All right. Have so, a live feed. so Victor, Victor, I, I was hoping you wouldn't say me. I would not, I, <laughs> listen, I would, I would definitely displease my dis display. My displeasure. Pleasure. Dis- <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> God, I really, you're already so I, upset. I, you can't I, speak I, English. I, I display am so, my displeasure. crazy. I, I think what I was going to show you guys before the show started has been in my head the whole time. Anyway, um, I am kind of with you, Victor, though. Could you imagine his Twitter if they signed him to big money? Oh, my God. It, I, might, I, almost be, it might almost be worth the contract. 
<laughs> my 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 feed would just be fire. Oh <laughs> my flame. god! Oh yeah. I, I, if, it, if that happened while I was at work, I might have to just go home. Like I don't know. I don't know that I would be able to focus on actual like my nine to five job if that yeah. happened while well, I was. First working. of all, Seriously. I'd buy some Twitter stock immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. All right. So let let's hit him with the Daniel Jones question. Let's. <laughs> all right. Move away from what snacks. Anybody want to lay on my couch later? No. <laughs> <laughs> let's see how it goes <laughs> Mara said they did everything they could to screw up Daniel Jones he's been thrust into action weeks earlier than he was preparing for they change offensive systems and coaches multiple times never once had an offensive line worthy of the NFL in everybody's opinion what percentage of blame for Daniel Jones struggles do you assign to either the incompetency or lack of continuality with his head coach and offensive coordinators compared to Daniel Jones' own physical and mental abilities. Snacks, you go first. Yeah. Um, so I, I wrote this down when I was kind of prepping a little bit and may come to a shock. I, I know it's so difficult to say after the last few years. I, I like Daniel Jones. I think he can be a good quarterback with, with the right offense, you know, right offensive system that is not – archaic of 1990 and one that is in the year 2022 um i would if i'm if i'm gonna put a percentage on it and listen i'm not by any means saying he's like this all pro quarterback or anything like that but i think he i could see like a ryan Tannehill and daniel jones with more athletic ability um i think i would put i would 60 to 65 percent blame on you know front office malpractice uh, offensive line incompetence, coaching incompetence. Everybody, I think you guys probably saw the Golden Tate video today. Like they were, they were just not letting him loose, like at all. And that's something that I've liked about Brian Dable talking about that he wants to just let him go. You know, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Eli Manning threw like twenty four interceptions a, a year. I, I still a game. I think that was per game. game. Yeah, it was per game. Right. Um, so I, I put so much and. Again, Daniel is not without blame for his mental issues and, you know, not the world's greatest arm, but we've seen, we have seen flashes. No, they haven't been against the 85 bears, but there is, I do think there is something there. And, um, you know, it, to me, it kind of, it doesn't suck because we, it's, it's, you know, it's year, year four, whatever it is, you year, yeah, year four. And it's probably the first time that he's going to have uh, an offensive system that's, you know, with the times like Shermer's wasn't awful, but you know, it wasn't anything special and the offensive line is probably the best it's going to be, but all those things, you might not see gel till like week six or seven. And by then a lot of people could have their conclusions set in the head unless he just rips off for the rest of the year. Um, so I think he's in a really difficult spot, but I think he would, has been 100% fucked over. And as the sixth pick, not doing everything you can to, to try and build around him. Yeah. They signed Kenny Galladay, big name but they never tried to fix that offensive line. They did not have a, an offensive coordinator associate just planted Jason Garrett on Joe judge. So I put almost, I put more than half the blame on everything outside of Daniel, as opposed to his right arm and his mental issues. I hate agreeing with you, uh, Victor. <laughs> uh, this is the percentage of blame, right? Yeah. Right. So my heart, the homer, my quarterback can do no wrong, you know, soul in me wants to say, oh, 95%, everybody else. Um, 
realistically, it's probably like 65, 35 to me. Um, like, ha- has the coaching carousel made things more difficult? Absolutely. Uh, does that mean that we can overlook some of the things that DJ doesn't do well? Not at all. You know, uh, everyone involved is, in, is to blame to a large extent. You know, the front office, a good front office would have given him an offensive line years ago. Shit, they would have given Eli a, a good offensive line at the end of his career. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Good coaching would be able to cover up all the warts. A, a, a good <laughs> owner would have been able to find somebody and bring people in that would have been able to take care of business and not fucking interfere. You know what I mean? But Jones's issues, given his specific issues, you know, locking on the receivers, not always getting across the field sometimes, which I feel like is overblown a little bit, but it's still a thing. Like, yeah, that that does play a part of it. Like, I don't watch DJ and I think, wow, he's doing good despite the situation around him. You know what I mean? So he does get a good chunk of the of the blame there. But like, I think you got to be pretty unreasonable to not feel like he hasn't been stuck in like a shit, a shit sandwich for like four years. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I, I mean you hit the you hit the percentage the same way Snacks did, and I think I agree with you. Um, Hefe, I got it at sixty forty, so we're like really on the same page yeah. here. It's it's impossible to look at the hand he was dealt and say he needs to do better, and it's all on him. Like it's just impossible. Like the coaching, the schemes, and the old line—they didn't draft an offensive lineman in twenty twenty one. That's impossible. It's crazy. It, it's male practice. Yeah, like it's complete malpractice when the Chiefs are finding starters in the sixth round good enough to protect a half a billion dollar quarterback. And we just don't take one. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I find that absolutely ridiculous. But I do put 40 percent, which is almost half. Right. I'm still putting a lot on Jones because I truly believe a better quarterback would have yielded better results during the same that, you know, being dealt the same hand. If we had our Herbert or Burrow, we would know it like even with the same hand. So I don't think Jones is, is going to turn into a top five quarterback. I think he's a major, major project, I, but it's clearly he was not dealt of a good hand, not even close to a good hand, but I don't think the kid has done everything to help his case. Part of why they were so conservative with him was because of how he performed and they were scared that he was going to go back to that. So like he has to take some responsibility for that. I agree like, with that. As a number six overall pick, you expect him to step in and be the guy was he overdrafted that's a different conversation but when you invest that high you expect him to be the guy and to make people around him better and he didn't do that at all but he was dealt a shit hand so it's all true you just teed me up for my answer because i'm actually going to go 75 25 coaching their fault more and i think the thing about it is perception plays a lot into this i think the narrative for daniel jones was formed by a lot of people media and fans on two major things that happened one they didn't like the pick so as soon as that pick happened they were out oh my mock draft had him at 17 mine had him at 22 i must be right the team must be wrong so they thought it was a bad pick from begin with so you know he was behind the eight ball from the very beginning then you know everybody goes to the all the turnovers he's had the majority of those are in the very beginning of his career. He wasn't as bad, you know, later on than he was in the beginning. And I think it's just like your first impression. It's like, oh, this guy's going to fumble every time he has the ball. Mm-hmm. He's going to throw a pick every time he throws it because I saw it the first three games. And I, I think this, 
the narrative against him and the perception against him makes it feel like it's worse than he really is. Um, I just, you know, having to deal with so many offensive coordinators and so many coaches, you know, a young guy that, you know, to me, there's so much, it's, it's hard. And the guy's been hurt. There's been so many things. It's hard to blame him for things that he hasn't had the chance to kind of control his own destiny for what is his fault and what isn't. So I'm, I'm going to put more of it on the situation than him until he proves me wrong. Now, if he stays healthy this year for 16, for 17 games, the offensive line plays better. Barkley has that all pro year that we're, you know, super pissed off that they traded him and he's still not playing well. All right. Well, it's him, yeah. but I, I, and again, I'm not a Daniel Jones defender or a, a passionate, uh, I'm not his lawyer. You only said 25%. So I'm, I'm getting mixed messages here. <laughs> <laughs> you were the lowest of percentages here. Craig. I, I was a, You're an undershooter. I just, I just think he's had the opportunity to prove that he can or can't do it yet because of due to injury, due to being held back, due to these different things. So I, it's all to be determined with him. And this year is going to obviously be the uh, sure get off the pot year, but yeah. I'm definitely in wait and see mode. I've made no opinions then about him. So, so here's the thing about Daniel Jones, right? Um, when we, when we talk about players in the NFL that don't perform, right. We stack them up against other players at that position in the league. Um, and you know, there's how many defensive ends are there in the league? How many running backs are there in the league? When we talk about Barkley, we compare them to the other running backs. How many good quarterbacks are in the league? How many quarterbacks are there in this league that can overcome these garbage things that he had to deal with? Um, there's like five. Yeah. So the fact that he is not one of those five, I'm not really going to hold against him now. Uh, so like, it's, it's way harder and it's not his fault that he wasn't put in a situation to be evaluated. You know what I mean? Like you guys said, not drafting an offensive lineman last year, based on not drafting one in 2018, you know, whatever, like he, there, there had to be a setup at some point to move on from Eli Manning. And that had to involve the offensive line somewhere along the line. And they didn't do it. Um, and now they're in this situation where they were banking on an offensive line that they created with no depth last year. And people started getting hurt left and right. And then they, 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 they killed the season right there by banking on the guys that they had assembled without actually supplementing with depth, um, you know, they, they ended the season last year, the front office did. So I'm kind of with you guys on putting the majority on the front end and the majority uh, at the front end, the front office mm-hmm. um, and, and the coaching staff as well, you know, not giving him a system to actually showcase his actual talents and instead protecting him from himself, I, I guess. Um, I don't protect really care. Him. I don't I give a shit if he throws 25 interceptions. The fumbles are the only thing I care about, really, truly. Because if he throws a, a 60 yard interception, a taking a shot, it's it's mm-hmm. a punt. When he fumbles and he's already 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage, we're already in our own red zone. Right. You know what I mean? And and how do you stop those fumbles? You protect the fucking guy. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, a, a lot, lot of hard science. Yeah, really. Right. So like the biggest thing that he does wrong, the biggest thing that I attribute to his fault, not holding on to the ball is kind of also not his fault. Um, There's other things, right. Where he's not really seeing guys open. And I, even that, I'm not sure how much to assign to him and how much is the change in system and the bullshittedness of bullshittedness of the system. Yeah. And that's, that's displeasure. Put that on the list. (laughs) Displeasure. Um, But there's another thing too. It's, 
again, the narrative is, well, they're trying to protect him from making mistakes. It's like, they're also protecting this offense from having no offensive line. They're protecting, you know, there's so many things they're trying to protect of it. The blame goes on. Blame well, just, trying to it's, protect it's, it's circular, right? right? Like the blame, like you, one thing leads to another. And like mm-hmm. what Grump alluded to, there's times where he's like, when things are good, when he does have protection, he's missing guys or he's not seeing it or he's not feeling someone come off the edge. And maybe it's because of results of having such a shitty situation. He's not used to having protection. So like you can go back to that's why, but like you want to see him make those plays when they're there. Right. We're not seeing that all the time. So like he needs to be like consistently. How many games has he started in his career? Oh man. 11 his rookie year. No. Yeah. Probably like 11. I I think it was 12. I think it was 12 as a rookie. He had one game yeah, he yeah, sat yeah. as a rookie because he was hurt, right? That was the Dolphins game. That right. was the Eli Manning game. And the then Eli the Manning first game, yeah. two weeks were Eli Manning, and that was right. a 16-game season. So it was 13 games, 13. I would assume, yeah. And, he, he, so and, and there was 37 was starts total. 37? Yeah, it sounds about yeah. right. In, in three years? Yep. Out All right, of, so it's not. It's a little more than I thought. But. Three, six times three is eight. Put the one. Don't hurt yourself. Yeah, I love this. Don't hurt yourself. 37 out of 48. Did I do that right, Victor? <laughs> I think Victor's actually looking at a stat. He's, he's fucking yeah, mocking I am. me. <laughs> he's I, started I 37 out of 38 games he's played. Oh, now you can't talk either because it's, it's hard, oh. right? You're going to say? I'm going to get my abacus. Hold on. <laughs> you miserable fucking prick. Um. All right. Fellas, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this with our last question here. And I, okay, I think wait, this... wait, Grump. Oh, okay, okay, go ahead. Real quick, um, so, the charge. No, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I totally forgot this in the first question, but you alluded to it with like the offensive line depth and everything. With minimal resources, this front office, this front office in one off season, I think has done more. I would to agree. Either improve and just get depth with very little money, and you know, in the in the draft and everything, than the previous two regimes did in the last decade. So yep. that's something that really excited me as well this offseason. I wanted to bring that back. Now, go ahead. You can ask. Go ahead. I mean, I was going to say you were right if they had only picked Evan Neal. Yeah, it still yeah, would have yeah. been true. Right? Like you got Thomas on the left side. Having Neal on the right is by far the best right tackle we've had mm-hmm. And they in signed, memory. They signed, they signed offensive, you know, interior offensive linemen who Death. they aren't Death. they aren't studs. They're not the top of the class. But they have been starters in the NFL. They have played well in the NFL. Depth, depth, depth. That's what you need on the offensive competition line. Competition and depth. Competition, yeah. right. And on the offensive and line. Versatility. Versus, Josh right. Azudu plays all over the place, man. Correct. Correct. I like there's going to be a good battle for, for the starting jobs. I love it. Yeah. It's going to mm-hmm. make them better. And if someone goes down, they're going to have. Yeah. I'm, are you guys going to training camp? I'm going to try. Yeah. I think I'm going to take a, take a day and, and go, to, go to one. Rubber I'll definitely try, try to get there. Right? Well, I, I mean, I, I would like to go whenever everybody else goes. Yeah, I have I, I'll do some that. vacation time or whatever, but I'm, we, this is like the first time I'm like super excited for like the rotation of depth here because I actually trust this coaching staff and because they have guys to choose from. You really have a bags. choice with judge, uh, with judge, right? I mean, like no. it was kind of penciled in just based on what we had. Dude, they, they were they really, scrapping the waiver oh, wire for God. starters. Yeah, and they were retiring the guys that they brought <laughs> in. <laughs> exactly. They're like, fuck this. What a dumpster fire, dude. <laughs> Um, all right. So since we're talking roster stuff, I'm going to end on this one. <clears throat> Who will be the biggest surprise on the roster this year? Let's start with uh, Cranky. You go first. Oh, let the, uh, all right, cool. Let our all right, uh, Vic, have you gone first yet? Let's go Victor. Uh, no, I have not, but I feel like 
I mean, it almost has to be Aaron Robinson, no? Because like if if for our secondary to be really good this year, he's got to play whether they move him outside like we all think he he will be or if he's in the slot, he's got to play like super high level for the NFL for the NFL to for this the secondary to be uh, very respectable, or at least on, on paper, right? Safety position. I don't think we're worried about a Dory Jackson. I don't think we're worried about other than can he stay in the field, but slot and, and opposite him, they're going to get picked on every game. And if he's not uh, performing at a high level, it's going to suck. And if he is after the core injury last year, being a what second year, and if he is playing to that level, that's going to be the biggest surprise for me. Um, yeah, I, nothing else is going to really surprise me in terms of personnel <laughs> this <Yeah>. year. <laughs> Rob, do you mind if I go next? Cause yeah, I want to make, I want to make snacks feel better about Wandell. Oh, then, then, ah. No, no, no snacks. You go next then. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Have it. I, I was not, I certainly didn't trash the pick when it happened, but, and I was willing to kind of do some research before I, I came to how I ultimately feel, which is. This isn't he was drafted for a reason. I think they had their eye on him. Maybe they grabbed him a little earlier than most projected because they wanted him in this offense. And this is Dable's offense. And I know it's Cole Beasley, but Cole Beasley averaged over 800 yards a season in this Buffalo offense the last three years. So there is a specific role for him here. I think he's going to be a huge part of the offense. I think he's insanely quick. The thing that's going to be a big factor is, is he smart enough in the NFL with bigger, faster guys to avoid those crushing hits because he's going to play a lot over the middle of the field, but I think he is going to have a huge role this season. He's going to be a chain mover. I think he's going to be a yards after catch guy. I think he's going to be, if he stays healthy and you wind up adding Tony, who we've seen what he can do when he's on the field and Galladay, who is yet to be unlocked with the giants, like then you actually have an offense. So I think he's actually going to have a huge role, even though it seemed like a reach at the time, I think he's going to be a huge surprise and uh, a huge bright spot on this offense. Who do you think is more likely to be a starter by week at, at in week 17, him or Cardarius Tony? If you got to pick one, Tony. Well, I think, or, or well, I mean, I mean, Robinson. Are, are we counting injury as being a factor for him? Not is that the main? No, inju- injury out, out the okay. door, which I'm basically asking you, which one do you think is better, Wandale Robinson or, or Cardarius? I, I, I see I them both being on the field. Yeah, I see them at the same time yeah, being on the field. But I, I think, thunder here. I think I, I think I think honestly, if you if you want to, if you're straight up asking me which one I think is better, I'm going to say Tony, right now today. Well, he was going to be my pick for. Um, Fuck off, God damn it! No, you guys can talk at the same time, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We're in sync like that. Go ahead, crank. It's your show. Yeah. Um, no, you're the you're the guest. Yeah. What a job. Uh, well, I was going to take Aaron Robinson um, because, um, so I had to pivot. Uh, and I like Hefe's pick. I, I'm very excited. To me, Hefe, I, I don't. Maybe it was he wore. He's wearing 17, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he like got the ball out of the backfield a lot. And yep. I, be, I believe. Well, I guess Debo wears 19. But why not? Maybe, maybe they, maybe they see a, a Debo Samuel type player in that, which I think would be really cool. And again, in 2022, that's that's innovative and everything. So. He's going mean, to line up all over the place. I yep. know. I like it. So here's. I so after Victor violently stole Aaron Robinson from me, who I grew to love after really wa- watching him more and more. 
um, from when we drafted him last year and I was on the talking giant show with Grump and Grump was like raving about him coming out. So I really kept a, a keen eye on him and I, I just, I loved his game. So I think he's going to surprise. So now that everybody, I'm going Kadarius Tony. I think, <laughs> I think um, with all those bullshit trade rumors and Joe Stern's like stern Joe, what did I call him? Joe Stern. Yes, you're, you're all over the place. Today. All over the place because I'm sweating. <laughs> I didn't turn my air on because I thought I thought it would make too much noise. But Joe Shane, his stern answer about we're not trading Terry Stone. I think they have a plan for him, and I think if anybody is going to unlock the potential that we saw in say the Dallas game, it's Brian Dable and a Mike Kafka offense. So um, obviously the injuries are concerning, but. Um, and you know, not being at the first voluntary mini camp or whatever was like, all right, what, what's going on here? And then he's back in. Um, I think that he's, he's, it looks like he's maturing, showing some, you know, some signs of, of growth. And, uh, we, you know, in, in very short glimpses, we saw what he could do on a football field. And I think it's finally the right offense. And he's that quick hitter that, you know, Daniel Jones would, would is going to benefit from. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Tony and, um, to listen to his album after this so <laughs> all right before before we respond cranky you go right ahead and piggyback. yeah i want to piggyback on him with Kadarius tony also because uh do you guys remember i don't know how old you guys are when the, the redskins had the smurfs they had uh they had like three little receivers i think art monk was one i forget who the other guys were you're asking us about art monk <laughs> Go ahead, Crank. I don't overshoot yourself with the smarts, though. Come on. Yeah, but my, my point being is like, you know, I, I see these two guys is coexisting in this offense. And and again, I, I I've said this a thousand times that you know, I've seen almost every snap of Kadarius Tony's life since he was in oh, high school. Right. Florida guy. And you know, he was that gadget guy the first couple of years, but his last year at Florida he was a legitimate receiver. I mean, he was running legitimate routes. He had the hands. He wasn't just, you know, the, the, the jitterbug who was just making little plays out of nothing. He brings so much to the table. And I think, I really think he's just a victim of bad luck when all these little things happen. And again, goes back to narratives. You know, the, the air gun thing, it was picked up on draft day by people who never heard of him before. And people assume he's a problem. And little things like the OTA stuff, it just adds to that narrative. But the kid can play. And he's – we've had a lot of good receivers at Florida in the last 20 years. And I would definitely put him in the the fringe of that very, very top level of guys like of the Ike Hilliards that have gone through and, um, you know, guys like that. So he's a player. And I think, you know, health is my biggest concern with him. Not maturity, not skill set. It's just health. And if he could stay healthy and having, you know – we're having more weapons now. I, I think I think he's going to have his real breakout year. I I am as high on Kadarius Tony Stock as probably anybody in this league. And again, it all comes down to help more than anything else. He is dangerous. I feel like he moves just different. Like I was just going to say, like I think I think we forgot. Like if you look up like some of his highlights, it's just the ball in his hands. It's fucking insane. That one. Yeah. There, the, 
the, the Saints game, I think, Saints I think game, it's oh. Chauncey Gardner just goes flying. He just completely misses it. Yeah. He just like goes running in the completely opposite direction. It's, it's he, nuts what he does with his feet. And that route against um, Diggs. Oh, yeah. Diggs. Oh, unbelievable. He, he got eight yards of separation on Diggs. Yeah. Grant, what Gator game did we go to when he had, he had that one sick play? Was it LSU? I think it was LSU. We were at that LSU game with Burrow. Yeah. Where he threw the pick six to end the game. Right, right, right. He had a yeah. sick move. It looks like he has just has no joints left or just no cartilage. Yeah, it really does look like he's missing bones. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. He's like silly putty. I'm gonna, he's I'm gonna, silly putty. I'm gonna piggyback off you guys. I'm gonna give my answer before we wrap up this show here. Um, I, I think that they're going to use um, Wandale Robinson. They're going to use Kadarius Tony. They're going to use him at the same time, and I think they're going to do a lot of stuff where they're just going to get separation by design and also utilize their twitchiness. But you know who doesn't need separation? Kenny Galladay. I don't think Kenny Galladay was not even a giant last year. No, that didn't no. that didn't happen. They it's signed based. him and put him on the shelf, is what they yep. did. Mm-hmm. And if you look at some of his catches from last year, he's like the only one that they threw to when he was blanketed. And he'll still make the catch because that's who he is. And I think Giants fans, we got so excited for him and we didn't get to see him that they just forgot that Kenny Galladay is actually a really good receiver. And with all these other guys getting the attention, getting separation, getting the ball in space, I think that Kenny Galladay is going to be good for like one or two shots downfield per game or something like that. It's some, some 20 yard dig route or something like that per game. And I, if those passes can connect because of the other distractions around them, the open fieldness, the spreading of everything, putting Barkley in the slot and shit like that, I think that he's going to be good for single coverage and there's nobody on this roster that I want in single coverage more than Kenny Galladay, to be Mm -hmm. honest. I think that he has the big potential to be the breakout star. And I think Brian Dable is not shy to have Daniel Jones sling it. And now that we have two tackles that are worth a shit, we might have time to throw the ball downfield. So I think there's a serious shot that Kenny Galladay is that guy. It's a really good call. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. I hate, I hate agreeing with you too. Dude, I'm going to do it every offseason. I get excited about the team. It's called being a fanatic, right? And, I, yeah. and I'm and i definitely buying in again this year based on the potential. Because you look at Barkley, those three receivers, if they like, if we could just get out from this injury cloud and actually have these guys on the field at the same time, that's another thing that like goes with Jones to support Jones is that he's never had his cast. Like never. his full yeah, cast right. for like 5%, not even 5% of his snaps. So like, if those guys can actually stay on the field, like those, the good offenses that are humming all year are on the field together all the time. Can I so ask like, a question for all you guys? I don't know. I don't know the answer. Maybe you do. You know, now we have the new coaching staff and new front office and everything. What have they done to upgrade the medical staff and the, the strength and conditioning program? Is there, I don't think I've know? heard anything. They do report on that stuff pretty often. I remember McAdoo brought in like a whole new strength and conditioning guy and all new bullshit. And they were tracking their stuff with GPS on their cleats, like really early. That was like, what, 20, oh my God, 2016, 15, 16. And I know that Judge dumped all that shit and, or Shermer dumped all that shit and brought in his own stuff. And I don't know what Judge did, but I don't, I haven't heard anything about it. I haven't tables. heard anything either, which is kind of concerning. <laughs> I think shit. some of it is like, I mean, Barkley's injury last year was just absolutely he stepped on an random. Ankle, yeah. That's yeah, random. That's me stepping off a curb. You that know? was so unlucky, dude. Dude, it we were crazy. there and I was just like, are, I, I was watching. I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Or were we there? Was that Dallas? That was Dallas. That was Dallas. I wasn't there. I'm lying. And if anybody's wow. ever played basketball Grump and done busted. that injury, it's debilitating and it's like nauseating to to roll your ankle like that. And his ankle hit the ground. Like you yeah, knew it was bad. It was, it was yeah. ugly. You can't just come back from that. Like that takes months. Yeah. 
All right. I, I, I'm so happy you guys came on. This was the, probably the best fake 300th episode episode. Um, I think we had like, what was it like 80 episodes that we kind of just rewound the clock on cranky. Cause we just started a new season. We were like, they were so bad. We just didn't want them. Yeah. We, we just started over. So this was our, our 300th. Uh, and I'm so glad that I was able to hang out with you guys. Um, Hefe, I'm going to, I'm going to put all your stuff in the description in YouTube, but Hefe, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your stuff? Cause you have multiple spots where you can be found. Mm-hmm. I am Hefe Pill on Twitter. Um, I got an El Hefe YouTube page with these uh, silly videos that I make. And then with Eli and Spiro, we have the New York Revival podcast. We have some awesome guests coming up in the next couple of weeks we're going to announce. So we're at New York Revival on Twitter as well. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course. Uh, I hope to have you back. I hope to be on. You know, I, I've ducked you twice. I think uh, third strike and I'm out, right? <laughs> you, get one more, you get one more chance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Victor, how about you? Uh, you can find my podcast when I do put an episode out nowhere near 300. Uh, but you can find that pretty much anywhere where you get your podcast fill Spotify, Apple, uh, fucking, uh, everywhere. Um, <laughs> I do this every me, episode. So, you know, I used to have a spiel like down, but you know, whatever. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JGF podcast. It's honestly where I spend most of my time and where most of my commentary comes out. So. Yeah. Excelente. And uh, snacks. Don't follow me. Um, it's, it's, you know, Unfollow. I I, no, really. I, I think you're one of my favorite Twitter follows because I know no matter what you say, I'm either going to hate that I agree with it or I'm going to just yell at you because you're stupid. And wrong. Well, he has strategic strikes. I mean, I just carpet bomb, but he's just very. <laughs> he, yeah, he really. He very surgical. Out of nowhere. The best is when he gets trashed by people who don't know that that's like his shtick. Like yeah, that's the thing. Oh, that yeah. Yankee, like some Yankee fans coming out of, came oh, out of woodwork. God, I love it. it. I was, I was loving it. Oh my God. It. it was amazing. That was great. And then I just went off the next day and just replied to him. But uh, yeah, um, you could, you, I don't, I don't do much. I don't do as much as, as these guys, uh, Justin and I from talking giants, as you guys know, we host the giants history podcast show. Uh, it's called bleeding blue, bleeding underscore blue on Twitter. It's a lot of fun. Um, we do it during the off season. We have a, we have a good time. Just talk about the history of the New York giants. Cause the present hasn't been very good. So, <laughs> Hey snacks, get me on there. We're going to talk art monk with you on that show. I would love to talk art monk. Crank. There's nothing more I want to do than talk art monk. I'll set it up. But uh, yeah, no, this was a great time. Thank you guys for putting it together. And uh, Jeff, is your, Hefe, is your, is your last name really Pilgrim? Yeah. Unbelievable. Crazy. Real life. That is my well, real life. I, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But thank you very much. I, I had a blast. Um, Grump. I'll, I'll see you. I'll, I mean, I'll see you before then, but I'll see you and, in training camp. Oh yes, you will. July 17th. Everybody think about July 17th. Cause I have off that day. So just next. I'm, dev- I'm devastated early. Oh, probably not. I'm fucked. I'm devastated that Snacks won't be at the home opener, but I hope as many of you uh, that can will be there because that's going to be a really good tailgate. And Snacks, I'll miss you. I'm going to miss you too, but I'm also considering going to the tailgate and then jetting up to the wedding, but we'll see. That's a power move. That's not all pregame. Yeah, dude, that's a morning pregame. You're not in the wedding. You can make that happen. But how am I going to drive there? Car service. We'll we'll, we'll have a Patreon to get you an Uber there. Oh, oh. Oh, we can use our influence. We should start now with the gas prices. (laughs) Jesus, I have a nickel somewhere. We could talk about that, but we—I want you at that tailgate. Yeah, I I need to be there. If I'm gonna make it, you can make it. Fuck all. There you go. Don't do that. And uh, I'm—I'm the cranky fan. I'm on this little program with uh, the football grump. We uh, are—we're in the middle of Lightning Rangers. 
an AL East battle. We got his New Jersey. Actually, I'm actually rooting for the Tampa Bay Bandits because I don't live oh. in New Jersey. <laughs> I, I just ordered my Thick Thighs Save Lives New Jersey Generals t-shirt. Oh, my sweet. So that means. Right. Are you telling me you sales now one? That? It's actually a great. It's a two, great shirt. I got one for my friend. It's a great, it's a great <laughs> shirt. It's a great shirt. No, I will be at the garden tomorrow. We're recording this on uh, on Wednesday before game five. I'll be there. Snacks, I hope you're there. I'll be at the stadium next week for Rays Yankees as we get closer and closer to the rebirth of the New York football Giants. So I'm looking forward to it. And yeah. I appreciate all you guys being on and being good sports when we interact on Twitter. And, you know, it's all in good fun. Snacks, you know, I love you. I love you back. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us.